Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, it's Christmas in July. I welcome back Kevin Marr to discuss non-official celebrations. Plus, Biz is very tired. Woo! This is check-in. Okay. And it's not the best, but it's okay because I'm still doing it. Because I started a new job yesterday and I went into the training and found out that the hours were not what I had thought and that my entire summer plan that I had worked really carefully to make was going to be flushed down the toilet. And that's not okay, and I'm not okay, but I'm still doing it. I have had margaritas. I have played Dirty Dancing soundtrack at loud volumes while the kids were on a walk. Yes. And one of those is healthy. Um, but I'm going to keep doing it because that's what moms do. We just mama, and we keep doing it. Thanks for the show. It'll get me through the summer. Bye. First of all, you're doing a great job. Second, somebody needs to get this person a honk if you're doing it. One bad mother bumper sticker right now because you are doing it. That is a kick in the knee. That is what that is. Guys, we all, we are all with you. All right. Summer is a nightmare to plan. I don't even like that I have to use the word plan and summer together. That's garbage. And I, it, uh, it always involves a lot of effort. And then you're starting a new job. Good job, by the way. And, uh, and it doesn't match up. That is a kick. That's not only a kick in the knee. That is like a kick in the knee. And then when they come in to hug you and say that they're sorry, they step on your foot. Or maybe I'm just really fresh off of some love from my children. But I am really sorry because that sucks. But I see you. You're doing a remarkable job. You enjoy that margarita. You enjoy that Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Nobody puts mama in a corner, and that is for sure. And if they do, I mean, because they did. They put baby in a corner. Eventually, they took baby out of the corner. And eventually, you will get out of your corner. But sometimes while we're stuck in a corner, it's very nice because people aren't talking to us. So maybe we all want to be in a corner. I don't know. But I know that you are doing a very good job. And I am going to honk, honk, honk. Speaking of honking, I would like to do some thank yous. Thank you to every... Guys, I'm going to go right back to it. This may be the only thing I am thanking for a while. But I want to thank everyone out there working to help guarantee reproductive justice for everyone. Abortion is a human right, and privacy to make the best medical decisions for yourself is your right. And when I say reproductive justice is for everyone, we are lucky enough to live in a time where that means a lot and represents a lot of people. Right? So thank you for 
everyone out there working in clinics, volunteering to help people get in to receive medical care, supporting our trans community who also need reproductive justice and rights, also our children, our adults, people of color. I mean, we have got to keep working. So thank you for showing up and continuing to work. I really see you. Now, I am very tired. You know, I was just so funny. It's so funny, everybody. I was talking to a friend who is a grandparent, and their grandchild is what, like, I don't know, maybe six months old now, three months old. I don't know baby age anymore. Anyway, they were saying, not that we want to say this to a person who went through so much, a.k.a. children who never slept and yelled and screamed all the time for most of their life, uh, my experience. They said, the baby went to sleep at 10 o'clock and then did not wake up until 7. And I said, that's wonderful. And then in my mind, I said, because it ain't going to happen again. And then, Because <laughs> I've learned nothing from this show over 10 years. But I was joking about the turning the corner. The ha I've turned a corner. Now we're sleep is normal. Or ha ha, this is we're emotionally regulated. Ha ha. For the last month, and it's been progressively getting worse, Ellis is having a very difficult time getting to sleep. In fact, just saying the word sleep seems to be an anxiety-triggering event because he's not doing sleep right. I know. And I, I don't mean to joke about that because it is clearly upsetting. And what it means is leading up till the time they fall asleep, I am the target slash sponge of all the emotional regulating that they need in terms of being very angry and upset that they can't get to sleep. That is then very exhausting. And then I come and get in bed. And then somewhere around 11 or 1 o'clock in the morning, they come and get in the bed. And they are very upset because they haven't slept at all, which is not true. But that's what they feel. And then they come and they fall asleep. And they have to be on me in a very certain way. And they are a grown child now. They are eight and long And then they fall asleep, and then I elbow Stefan, and Stefan wakes up and then takes them back to their bedroom. I do not sleep because one person in the bed grinds their teeth, not just me, and somebody else snores or just breathes, just is breathing, right? Don't, if I'm not already asleep, I'll never go to sleep listening to breathing. And last night was particularly bad. I would say four hours of sleep, maybe. And that haven't, that's, I don't like it. I basically, I'm here to say I am tired and corners don't exist. But what there is apparently is Christmas in July and half birthdays and golden birthdays and halfway birthdays and gotcha days and summer and winter and many other different family celebrations that I didn't really know much about. And today, I'm going to talk with longtime One Bed Mother, friend of the show, Kevin Marr, about these special days and his new book, Santa Doesn't Need Your Help. 
Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Everybody, I am so pleased to be welcoming back an old friend. Can we say old friend? Is that insulting? I don't know. You can say old friend. I'm not insulted. Well, we are older and we have known each other a very long time. Kevin Marr, who is an Emmy nominated comedy writer, an award winning poet, a comedian, and a filmmaker. Award winning poet. We're going to have to go back to that. His work has appeared on HBO, Comedy Central, and Nickelodeon. His short films have screened everywhere from MoMA to Troma. He's been featured in the New York Times and Scientific American, but his favorite praise came from Tiger Beat, yes, who called him funny. And he's the author of the new picture book, Santa Doesn't Need Your Help. Welcome back, Kevin Moore. Hi, Biz. Let's get it out of the way, okay? Yeah, Let's okay. just get this out of the way. Oh, okay. There was a poetry contest yes. Yes. that they were having at an annual blob fest in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which is the town where they filmed the 1958, 57, yeah. 58 blob. movie, The Blob. Yep. And um, there's a different theme each year. Sometimes it has to do with, like, global warming, because if you remember at the end of The Blob, it gets blob. sent to Alaska, and they say, well, The Blob is frozen right. well as long as the ice caps stay cold and it's, so it's ahead nightmares. of its time ahead of its time very right. nightmarish <laughs> the year that i'm going to focus on is yes. that it was a kaiju themed year and they were yeah. they were answering the question is the blob a giant monster a la godzilla rodan mothra hmm. and they they embraced it and they did they did kaiju and the theme lent itself to a poetry contest where people could submit haikus uh. called called Kaiju Haiku. And I sent in several <laughs> that were all very funny and ridiculous because yes. I'm of the mind that haikus can be funny. Yes. And then none of them got a reception. And I saw the ones they would pick week to week yeah. were, were all very serious. I'm like, yes. oh, that's what they want. So then I wrote a very serious haiku about Godzilla and it won first place, yes! grand prize, and I won four tickets to Blobfest. I invited my friends, and I'm like, this is all because I wrote a serious right. haiku. And now I'm an award-winning poet. You are an award-winning poet! Which That's... I feel like is nope. it's there, and it's yeah. I've got a book coming out, so I want yeah. people to know I'm, I'm an award-winning poet. Do you have the haiku in your mind? Uh, I think I know it. Okay. Moves like a ronin. Uh, oh, it was moves like a Ronin, and then the last line is hurt, but won't look back. Oh, God, I love producers. <laughs> Gabe is away, and we have the lovely Valerie. Valerie's saving my bacon yeah. by looking up the poem, which Valerie I didn't realize was available. Gone in. All right, everybody, set yourselves. If you would do the honors, All I right. would love to hear your interpretation of the award winning Kaiju Haiku. Okay. <clears throat> Moves like a ronin, he returns to the ocean, hurt but won't look back. Good snap. Are we snapping? Are we clapping? Snap, 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 snap snapping very and clapping. Very good. I am moved. I, I hope that you live the life I want you to live in which there are no regrets. 
None. Only checks. Only check. Check. Award-winning poet at Blobfest. At where the yeah. Check. Because that is that is where we are. Now, I want to move on because we, guys, we're going old school. We have a topic we're going to talk about and poke at. It's been forever. We're going to talk today about sort of those non-holiday holiday things that we celebrate, uh, why we celebrate them or we don't celebrate them, like Christmas in July and, and half birthdays. But before we get into this, because we seriously derailed from where we always start, yeah, Kevin, who lives in your house? Um, my wife, Rebecca. Yes. The lovely Rebecca. Lovely Rebecca, who's been on the show. Yes. And you... Got her to say the word cock. I did. <laughs> you asked her what her favorite descriptive yeah. word was for male anatomy when writing a romance novel. Yeah, she and said, she said cock. cock. And you got a big kick out of that. I and did. it was weird. It was weird for me to listen to an old friend talking oh, to my wife, wife about about cock. About cock. Cock. Yep. Cock, 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 cock. That's my haiku. I don't think that was a haiku. <laughs> you um, need right, eighteen so, more. Yes. <laughs> eighteen more cocks. All right. Yes. Who else lives in your house? Soon people are uh, not going to be living. Are they still living? Well, my older son yeah. is already at summer camp. He's up in New Hampshire where he's yeah. a camp counselor having the uh, Camp North Star meatballs experience. Oh, to go back in time. Okay. Yeah. And then my younger son is 14. He lives in the house with us. And then in the adjacent apartment which sometimes they call the mother-in-law apartment. Yes. Appropriately, my mother-in-law is living in our mother-in-law apartment connected to the house. <laughs> so she's again. downstairs with her dog. Check. See? Yep. We are checking off the bucket list. That is really exciting. You know, and it's, I want to touch base with you because we are going to talk about things that we celebrate sort of as families that become traditions. And I know that Rebecca has just beat the shit out of some cancer, which has gone back into remission. Yeah, her cancer went into remission. Yeah, tell me, how are you guys doing? I just want to check in a little on what's been going on. It's, you know, we're recording this early July, and the first six months of the year were kind of dominated by diagnosis and not knowing and then knowing and then looking at treatment options and then doing treatment and chemotherapy. And it just, it takes over your life and your focus. And it's hard to think about anything else. And, and ending up coming out the other side, thinking about health as privilege, that there was so much privilege I had that I, like Mm. most privilege, you take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. And just feeling disconnected with the world and now feeling like, thank God, we had incredible doctors. I mean, the thank you list is endless of doctors, staff, people working at the hospitals, family members showing up, people that I didn't expect would show up, showed up for us. And then Rebecca being like so brave and strong and an incredible trooper. And then even the way independently she and I wanted to characterize our relationship to the tumor that was growing in her chest, between (laughs) her lungs, it was that this is an extension of her, this is part of her, and the mutated cell doesn't know any better, and we're going to treat it with love because that's that's part of her, and it just doesn't know what it's doing, and we're going to try to course correct it. So I I do know there's that idea of like the war with cancer, the battle with cancer, we're going to kick cancer's ass. And we kind of independently came to this place that it was about approaching it with love and it 
weirdly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought this going into it. What I found was it weirdly ended up being good for our marriage, that it brought us together and we, we were stronger and closer and more intimate and supporting each other in ways that we'd never done before. And I think the fear I found out, the fear that some people have in their mind is, what if the shit hits the fan and my spouse runs away or can't take care of me? Mm. And it was like, you know, people talk about every bad thing that happens is an opportunity. It was like, this is an opportunity for me to show up for my wife. This is an yeah. opportunity for me to be a different kind of better father. This is a better opportunity for me to be a better husband. And um, the one bad thing I learned about this was uh, it turns out it's kind of an urban myth that Newt Gingrich did not leave his wife when he had cancer. And I, for the first few weeks, I was like, I'm a good husband, not like Newt Gingrich who left <laughs> his wife when she had cancer. And then the more I read about it, the more I was like, oh, that's oh. kind of not really 100% the story. They had already filed for divorce and then she, they, they detected it. So it's a shame. I'm sorry to have learned that. But, you know, you learn some painful truths when you deal with a near-death experience. I got to tell you, I'm really glad that that, that was possibly one of the takeaways. <laughs> You never know. You never know what the takeaways are going to be. Here's the takeaway I'm going to take, or one of, and that is why I love talking to people. And just that you sharing how you and Rebecca approached it, looking at the cancer as a part of her and as something to love versus, you know, my flippant yet very normal statement of, yeah, you beat the shit out of oh, it. Oh, that's on right? um, bumper no, stickers and T-shirts. That's very common. Very of, common. Very of common. Of course it is. But just because something is common doesn't mean we should be marching up and down the street yelling it. And while I think I don't know what I would do in that situation, I, I don't know if I would use more of a the fight, the fight approach, the beat the shit out of an approach. But I like knowing that there is this other approach that I could take. And I, I, so I appreciate that. You absolutely can take that approach. I do think it potentially is hazardous to make the assumption when you say to someone who's like, yeah. my spouse has cancer. Well, yeah. I hope you're loving it. I hope you're really treating yeah. it with love. Like that's yeah. not, that's not something people necessarily want to hear. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say any fucking thing other than I love you. I don't know. What are you supposed yeah. to say? Kevin, what was helpful to hear people say? We are just never going to talk about holidays. I'm going to play the opposite game. Okay. This is oh, God, conversations man. with men in my life. Yes. It was as if they were reading from a script. And I ended up writing it out because I yeah, heard it course. so many times. Hey, man. Always the hey, man. Yeah. Sorry hey, man. about that thing. Always not saying the word cancer. <laughs> Sorry about that thing that's going on. That's yeah. terrible. And people would say, if you want to talk about it, yeah. we can. And then immediately following it up. But if you if you don't want to yeah. talk about it, that's okay. If you want to talk about other stuff that isn't that thing, we can do that too. That so many people are quick to provide me opportunities to talk about yes. Marvel movies and Star Wars. And it's right. like, thanks. Thanks for looking out for me. <laughs> you might as well say... You know, if you want to act like it's not happening, yeah. we could do that too. I'm very comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm I'm going to do you the favor. Yeah. I'm going to help you out by not talking about it. 
because I think that would be too hard for you. I mean, I, I'm cool with it, but I love it. you're probably I love sick of talking about it. All I want to do is talk about really difficult things Yeah, <laughs> that are affecting you and your life. That's it. I, yeah. So what else can we talk about? Well, again, I am very glad to hear all the things that you have just shared and that the cancer Thanks. is in remission and that you guys are stronger and better than ever. And now watch me segue this right into the topic. We are going to talk about these like sort of family celebrations or different traditions that, that are out there. And so I got to ask, would you guys do a remission birthday or a remission celebration? I think when we get to the one year anniversary yeah. of her cancer being in remission, or if we if we find a milestone of like you were a year of being cancer free or something, we will yeah. absolutely do something to celebrate. There is no question in my mind. Okay. Yes. What would you call it? And <laughs> no pressure. What would you call it? And would you celebrate it every year? Or would that be like a weird jinxy thing? Okay. I don't know that we'd celebrate it every year. Okay. I would want to follow my wife's lead because it is her cancer, not mine. Sure. My <laughs> first my first thought would be calling it a cancerversary, but I yeah. feel like that gives too much puts too much emphasis because it's really about the remission, not right. about the cancer. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure what we'd call it. We'd do a little brainstorming session and we'd yeah. come up with uh, a good name for what the celebration is, a celebration of life. And um, yeah, I don't know what we would do, but we would come up with something. Something. Would you make a cake? We. I would love <laughs> I would love to have a cake. I want to tell you about two different family celebrations we've had. One okay. since since our last podcast on the I think it was on my father's birthday birthday because my my dad died yeah and because of covid there was no funeral the pandemic just didn't allow to have people come get together yeah. and we kept talking about stuff we were going to do and nobody else in my family in my extended family wanted to do anything so i had this great idea i wanted to go to the beach and get those big paper bags you put a candle under it oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. name for these things i forget what it is i call it the like rapunzel disney movie bag Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would be beautiful to go to the ocean. Yeah. I loved going to the ocean with my father. We were going to bring a stereo and, and play music and songs that my dad loved. And we were going to release these things into the air. And I bought them and they got delivered. And then every state in our vicinity, they're all illegal because they caused forest fires. <laughs> and I was like, that's not how I want to. Oh. No. That's not how I want to honor my father's memory by starting a forest fire. <laughs> oh, God. It's, that's, yeah, no. No, that so, would be... Yeah, no. so we didn't do that. And the thing we did instead was we got some helium balloons and went out to my backyard and we played the music and we got pizza from his favorite pizza place in Staten Island and had yes. a feast. And we one by one let go of balloons, mm. helium balloons, which I know is also I, I know. not... I can get... Can I, I know. Let I me know. ruin your celebration I with know. judginess, Kevin. That's fine. Finish it. Release those balloons. I don't care. On top of <laughs> on top of potentially harming a whale. Yes. I contribute I contributed to the helium shortage. Yes. Oh. Sorry. Sorry birthday parties everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually a really nice celebration. See, that's Nebby, you said there were two. So you did <laughs> So the other one when yes. my kids were very young, they had a uh, they shared this great little lion 
uh, stuffed plush called Nikki Kitty. And one day out of the blue, my son <laughs> said to my wife, it's Nikki Kitty's birthday. Oh, yes. We need to have a yeah, party. a party. And we need to have a cake. And this yeah. is what Nikki Kitty would like, which coincidentally is my favorite cake, my son's yeah. favorite cake. It was a chocolate cake. Right. And we... My wife made the cake. We yeah. did it. We had a celebration. We we did it up. We had a party. Just you know, just the I was going to say the four of us, the five of us. Of five course, of Nikki Kitty was Kitty. there, the guest right. guest of honor. And a friend of mine is like, "You've been played by a child." And I'm like, "I'm eating chocolate cake." I mean, who's getting played? Who's my getting friend? played? That is a tradition. Mister Tumbles has had a series of birthdays. Kitty's Kitty has had a birthday. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually genius. And some sort of amazing developmental, like, milestone when kids put that together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I were always up for a party. But you were saying that you guys hadn't done anything really. I mean, you, you hadn't done anything. What a jerky thing to say. Besides researching and fighting and loving cancer. Let me just take that back. You were saying that the past six months... Your focus has been on Rebecca's health. Right. So not a lot of Christmas. So I'm wondering, or holiday, winter holidays. So Christmas in July, that's the first one that comes to mind for me. That's like a, what? People do Christmas in July? Like that seems like a racket. And I looked it up. It's a camp thing. Started at a camp in North Carolina. And then my own memories flash back to camp. And they had a Christmas in July where you'd have to, like, bring an extra long sock, you know, filled with canteen candy and stuff. By now I'm thinking, well, Christmas in July might be a really fun thing to do after, like, a hard run, right? Or, like, with cancer or, like, if you didn't get to celebrate it the way you wanted to celebrate it. Not that it's Christmas, but you know what I mean. Like it could be insert whatever winter holiday your family celebrates. We hadn't planned on that, but that's that's a that's an excellent idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Okay, Christmas in July. We never did that here in the house. My parents scoffed at it when I came back from camp talking about it as a kid. When I had kids, I suddenly started, and they went into school. I started hearing about half birthdays. I love Have you birthdays. ever heard about a half birthday? I celebrated a half birthday the same way every year when I was a little kid. My parents told me my birthday is December 8th. So they said, which actually this is not correct, but they said July 4th, you're yeah. halfway to your birthday. So it's a half birthday. I would go to the Metuchen public pool. I'd go to the snack bar. I would get the firecracker pop, oh, yeah. which is the red, white, and, red, blue, white and blue popsicle. Yeah. And it's like, this is great. It's 4th of July. It's a firecracker pop. I'm eight and a half. I'm six and a half, whatever. <laughs> Love the half birthday. Big fan I've of the half birthday. I don't know. I don't know. Birthday. I don't know why I stopped doing the half birthday. I was going to say, well. Because <laughs> I know, well, no, I know adults and people our age were like, oh, adults having birthday parties. How tacky. That's for oh, children. Who, it's like, what losers only, are saying that? Well, not only do I <laughs> not only do I support birthday parties, I I want to bring back the half birthday, and we're days away. I think I can You're squeeze this away. in just in that, time. It's very convenient that it we're is. days away. They, okay, I had never heard of a half birthday. There were no half birthdays. Check mark on my list. Your There's list. Another, another check, check mark. Kevin is winning. Never heard of half birthdays, and so when my children came around and were like half birthdays, I was like. No, 
Mr. Tumbles is getting the birthday party. Not there you go. your half. I don't know why. We just were like, uh-uh. Golden birthdays were a thing we'd never heard of. I always thought like a golden birthday was like some sort of celebration of like turning 50, but apparently there's math involved. So when your birthday date matches up with the year, is that right? So Raiden turned 10 in 2010. That was their golden birthday. And they wanted, you know, like all the presents wrapped in gold. So like if you turned, they've all got it figured out. I've long passed my birthday, my golden birthday. <laughs> but Raiden and them have it figured out for what Ellis, Ellis's is the 30th. So their golden birthday would be 2030. Okay. Right? Yes. No, when they turn 30. I don't know how the math works. But they're supposed to be, it's a thing. Have you heard of this? Never heard of it. Hearing it for no. the first time, the math doesn't really work for me. But no, I don't. I'm I a, not a math yeah, guy. So. I don't know. Hold on. Okay, Valerie, what, what math am I doing wrong? So like if your birthday is on the 18th of the month mm -hmm. uh, and you turn 18 on oh. Like, like. Oh, there you go. It's when the date lines yes. up with the number of years old that you're turning. Ah, okay. So mine would have been the when I turned 13 on the 13th. Okay. Thank you once again. Thanks, Valerie. Valerie. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. I was I was gonna lie awake in bed at night, like I just don't understand. If you're not yeah. born on the right year, forget it. You don't get a golden birthday. Valerie solved the mystery for me. Thank you. I am not an expert on bullshit holidays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody, we haven't had just a bullshit show in a long time, so let's enjoy it. All right. Now I put this out to the community. And I did get some interesting, okay, I yell bullshit holidays. And in reality, as I have quickly learned, it's not somebody trying to pull one over on me. It tends to be a great way for families to celebrate important things or to just have a little fun, right? Like the half birthday. But sure. like, so somebody had halfway birthday, which is celebrating on the ninth birthday, because that's halfway to 18. So it's only on that, hi, happy halfway birthday. You just turned nine. You are halfway to leaving. <laughs> For me, turning your bedroom into a sewing right. studio. So I don't know who that's more celebrate. I, I'm, that would make me kind of sad, but it would also make me kind of happy. And it would make Ellis completely panic. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds stressful. Yeah. 18? That's great. Because I'll be living with you forever. <laughs> forever. Wait, who's saying I'll be living with you forever? Ellis. Ellis. Okay, they're gonna, okay, when they okay. get married, they're going to sure. be here in the house. And, like, they're going to have, like, 10 kids. Raiden is very much of the camp of, they ain't no kids. I ain't ever having a kid because I have witnessed yeah. having a sibling. So, gotcha days. Now, this is a good one, too. Gotcha days. It's the day that they celebrate their child coming home day, right? So, like, if you adopted. Oh, yeah, 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 that you got. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha day. I love that one. That's fantastic. That is not a that's, bullshit. Because that's life-changing for everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. I am fully on board for gotcha days. And then they had a coming home day, 
which is separate from the gotcha days. Coming home day is the day that they finally got to bring their mini home after four months in the NICU, in the NICU. So, and you know, NICU. And you know how you celebrate by watching the Hal Ashby film Coming Home with <laughs> John Voight and Jane John Fonda that's, for that's the whole family. That's how you celebrate Coming Home Day. <laughs> How many movies are, well, don't worry, we're going to get to that. I want to think about all the appropriate movies and yeah. songs for any of these. They also, summer and winter, seeing that that's a flip on the Christmas in July, right? Mm -hmm. Which we could more, we could say winter in July, summer and winter. And I would imagine that if you live somewhere where it snows like nine months of the year, that's an important one. Definitely. You'd watch like Jaws, you'd watch... Meatballs. Guys, don't show your kids meatballs. It's problematic. Oh, my kids. Yeah, my kids are the first ones to call out how problematic it yeah, was. It's that it's a movie without a lot of consent. But, oh, a lot of consent issues. And still one of my all-time favorite summer movies. Okay. The <laughs> Sorry, it's hilarious. Okay. Yes Days. Now, see, Yes Days, this is where we're getting into the, like, all right, guys, this is fun in your family. Don't anybody tell my children about it. Keep this holiday to yourself. Yes days where you just say yes to everything your kids ask, which is similar to somebody else's day, which they call glad you're you party with all their favorite things to eat, wear, play, all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. I, it's actually really nice. Don't tell my children. <laughs> but I think the problem, <laughs> but for me, the problem as, as a parent with yeah. a yes day or things I love about you day, I, I yeah. messed up the name of it. Yeah. Is there a calendar date associated with it or is it on you to find a date for it? Because I just feel right. like, you know, I'm so busy. I just don't know when I'm going to find time for yes day this year. Well, and also I feel like I would not be paying enough attention that we would do a yes day. And then like three months later, my kid would say, it's been a year. And I wouldn't really be sure. I wouldn't mm -hmm. know for sure if it had actually been a year. But I guess it could be like a once a month thing. It could be like a kickoff to summer thing. I don't know. But I'm not sure I want my children to ever know about it. I was talking with the remarkable Valerie beforehand about these holidays. <laughs> and they mentioned that most of those just sound like the purge. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I get it's that. Yes, day. It's, it's the day where I just go out and murder all the people I don't. Like. Well, I think any day with you have to do something yes. is already pretty unappealing. Like it's oh, challenging. That's a good point. But if you're the person throwing yes day, I don't want to say yes to everything. I don't want to have to do that. But if my children, but you can't counter. Like the no, rules you are, you can't counter. That's you right. just have to do everything. Yes. Wow. I could see that going bad fast for me in the house. My children are very creative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every kid would and come spiteful. up with stuff. They would come up with loop arounds. Whatever yeah. kind of guidelines you put out, kids would come up with genius yeah. workarounds. Yeah. And they it's sort of like the like when you like at school, towards the end of school, like a teacher's like, all right, last day of school, kids teach the class. And then it's like... <laughs> They're like, you will be punished severely. And you are like, it just turns like dark really fast. And so for me, a yes day, knowing the children that I have raised, <laughs> the type of humor that I have said is okay in this house, it would turn into like 
a day of regrets. Just a day of regrets. But I think that some of that, I was asking Valerie, because Valerie apparently is supposed to know all about everything related to any trans-related questions that I have. Thank you, Valerie, for being the Valerie Google of all of business questions. Thank you for giving me a heart. But I was saying, you know, I bet that there is a, besides the Trans Day of Visibility, right, which is an official holiday now, but like half birthday ain't official and Christmas in July isn't official. So is there, I would imagine that there are some families of trans people who probably do a celebration of like the day that they transitioned or the day they took their name or things like that. Right. I don't know. Valerie says, Valerie says, maybe they don't know. They're not yeah. Sure. I mean, it like, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, my audio is going to sound awful. Gabe. So sorry. It's okay. Yeah. It varies from, you know, person to person. Right. I, you know, my like, you know, celebration of like the day that I came out or whatever is, Trans Day of Visibility, because that's the day I came out. I don't remember off <laughs> the like top a golden. of my Is that a golden? Did you like yeah. somehow take yeah, like a, a golden celebration by coming out the actual saying that that is good stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it's the prestige. Right. But yeah, but also like <laughs> I am not, I used to be a lot more sentimental than I am now. Uh-huh. And like, I don't remember off the top of my head what date that is. I just, it kind of yeah. sneaks up on me every year. And then I go, oh, that's nice. And then, you know, kind of forget about it. But you said, I think the magic word, and that was sentimental. All of these, all of these are based in a sentimental need, a memory, a like. That's why they probably start to peter out as people get older, right? Like, so Christmas in July is probably really a fun, sentimental, like we're getting through this year, we're doing this thing, half birthdays, golden birthdays, right? And then suddenly where your focus of what was important or what was significant shifts, which makes a lot of sense because we all shift every day we're shifting. I would say it also has to do with control, the idea that you can fly uh, defiantly. There are so many things happening in the world (laughs) that we're being taken away from us right now. It's like, God damn it, I'll show you. I'm going to celebrate Christmas in July when it's hot out. (laughs) I'm not even a Christian. There's a a defiance and a disobedience and a subversiveness to it that I find so appealing that that is the entry point for me. I actually, that is a good point. There's, of course, a long list of things that are accepted, like May the 4th, Thanksgiving Tuesday, things like that. But it's funny, I was looking up some of the history of the like donut day or whatever. (laughs) My favorite thing that I saw come up in a Google search was something essentially like, would it surprise you to know these 11 holidays are corporate created? And I'm like, oh, 7-Eleven? The 7-Eleven day? Free Slurpee day. Was it? That was a corporate idea? I am so shocked. But like, there was the other guy who kind of tried to go for the whole year, giving it a different day. And that was motivated by, you know, just exactly what you're saying. Things are chaotic and awful and stressful and... Wouldn't it be nice to sell it like, for its donut day? Oh, okay. 
I would love a donut today. That's really nice, right? It's pay for somebody's coffee day. It's, I don't know, whatever. I love that idea. I love That feels like the adult version of it's Nikki Kitty's birthday. Right. Right? Well, I would still totally show up to Nikki Kitty's birthday, just to be honest. I think think we're like 10 years behind on Nikki Kitty's birthday. All right. Here's my wrap up this question. Can you imagine the perfect time? AKA the most awkward and embarrassing time for your children who are practically grown people to reintroduce the birthday for Nikki Kitty. Like, Um, like just random, what would be, what would be it? I think it would, it would be if my son brought home his girlfriend to meet his family. And I said, you couldn't have come at a better night. Yeah. It's yeah. Nikki Kitty's birthday. <laughs> it's Nikki Kitty's birthday. And then you rip off your shirt to reveal that you have a T-shirt on yeah. that says, happy birthday, Nikki Kitty. And then you, <laughs> you give everybody the T-shirts. They all yes. have to wear shirts. Everybody has to wear And it. there's a dance. And there's, there's a lot of things that weren't part of the original experience, but right. that now have be developed. be so embarrassing. I love that. That's every day. National Embarrass Your Children Day. (laughs) Now, before we go, speaking of Christmas in July, which really was my whole way of it feeling really normal and natural to talk about your new book, a Christmas book, Santa Doesn't Need Your Help. Tell me about Santa Doesn't Need Your Help. It's such a good book, everybody. Well, the story behind the story is pretty fascinating, which is the last time I was on One Bad Mother, we were talking about the sandwich generation and Mm -hmm. being parents who had children, taking care of older people. And Biz tells me before the show, don't come on with any bits. We're just going to have an off-the-cuff conversation. Don't do any bits. Fuck. And it's it's like... (laughs) We needed some bits. But it's like if somebody said, don't think about elephants, yeah. you know, you think about yeah. elephants. All you can do so is think about the bit that occurred to me that I <laughs> I was instructed to not bring not. up on the show yes. during the recording was that Santa Claus is a terrible role model for people our age because right. he's an old person who year after year, someone's <laughs> like, I'm going to save Christmas. You stay here, Santa. And right. me and me and Gumby. Yeah. Me and, yeah. Me and Pokemon are going to go deliver all these Christmas presents and you just stay here. And Santa's like, cool, be safe, good luck. And Santa's grateful and gracious. And it's a bad role model. And that was the bit I wanted to do. Instead, I took that idea and we made a short film out of it and showed it at one of my shows in New York at Nighthawk Cinema. And the guy who illustrated it, Joe Dater, the New Yorker cartoonist, Joe Dater is hilarious. He's like, well, if we have this video that, it's supposed to seem like it's based on a book. Why not sell it as a book? That never would have occurred to me because I'm not a book person. That's I'm amazing. a live right. comedy person. So that completely escaped me. So this is a book that went on quite a journey. It started as a kernel of an idea in an episode of One Bad Mother that did not get used, that got turned into a short film. The short film got turned into a book. The book will be available October 25th. People can pre-order on my website. Yeah, but... If you had shared that on the show, I would be taking so much of that sweet, sweet book money. Sorry. I while I laugh. Oh, book money. <laughs> oh, it just, rolling, it just rolls in, guys. It just never <laughs> stops coming in. But I loved this book. I got to see the book. And the book is so good because it is that 
like Santa will not take the help. No, Santa is basically our parents. Where Santa says, "Santa says I'm not an invalid," right? And he refuses help. In the story, the premise of the story is a a successful. We never say the name. An unnamed, yes, phenomenally successful K-pop boy band shows up. (laughs) We never say who it is. No, don't say. And they (laughs) they show up, and everyone's excited. And Santa's like, "Do people think I can't do this?" And he he flashes back to. Decade after decade, we represented the different decades like Burt Reynolds as the bandit in the 80s, in the 70s, the Harlem Globetrotters saving Christmas. You know, in the in I guess the early 2000s, the late 90s, the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin saves Christmas with a crocodile. Pokemon shows up. The Babadook shows up to save Christmas one year, which I wasn't sure this was written as this was written as a short film that I thought was going to be an adult humor book. But it's being sold as a children's book. And I was like, I don't know if we can get away with that. But then you remember the Babadook, its origins are in a children's book. It all makes sense. The Babadook is children book friendly, apparently. So it's all there. And I'm so glad you read the book and gave us a blurb and we're going to use that to promote it because I have to do all the promotion. And speaking of Christmas in July, I went to, when I brought my son to camp in New Hampshire, an hour and 45 minutes away, there's one of those theme parks, a Christmas theme park called Santa's Village. So, Biz, I had the double of, I was like, I'm going to go there because you think as a first time author, the publishers are going to like take out billboards and ads and promote my book. No, you have to do everything. You're all, it's all yours. (laughs) <laughs> Double goal, I'm going to tell yeah. the Christmas shop, yes, the gift store, they should carry this new Christmas yes. book. It's going to be a future Christmas classic. And two, I will record some videos that yeah. I come on social media where I'm, I've got all this free production value of <laughs> elves and, you know, reindeer and, and the pixie mix yeah. ride, you know, all this stuff. But then the thing we always want as adults is like, I just wish I had a little time to myself. I get time to myself. I'm at a children's family theme yeah. park by myself. Yeah. Well, and it's, I don't know. I right. felt, and I've it's got weird. a video video camera yeah. with me. Yeah, it's not. So it was a little weird. That was my Christmas in July, going to Santa's Village and well, making promotional videos that I, I will be sharing online. I don't online. get that as a Christmas in July Christmas card, I will be pissed. Don't worry. Everyone will be getting it. I will be hounding everyone. By the time this book comes out, everyone will be so sick of it. Oh, yes. That's how you do it. Well, don't worry, everybody. It comes out in October, and we are going to make sure that you can find Kevin's book. I keep like, I'm so like, do I give my copy? Just slide it over to my father. Merry Christmas. Hence, (laughs) hence. I mean, who are you in this book? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing everything you shared today, especially in talking about all the different ways we celebrate moments with our families and find new ways to have cake (laughs) because that is the heart of it. Everybody can go to lovekevin.com. And find out all about Kevin and the book and everything else that Kevin is doing. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. You are doing such a good job. Rebecca is doing such a good job. You guys are just doing a remarkable job in what has been a very stressful few years. 
But the the hard part is you always want to say, like, naturally, you want to say, I just want things to go back to normal. Oh, now things are back to normal. And it's like, wait, what is normal? Nothing. What is normal anymore? So it's like, I just want to get by and live and enjoy some of life however we can. I would like to not be in crisis mode. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's the holiday we need. Non-crisis day. One day a year. One day a year. That's right. All right. I think that's also called The Purge. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Coterie. If you have a baby with sensitive skin or even eczema, you know how difficult it is when they develop diaper rash. Nobody likes diaper rash. Enter Coterie. Coterie diapers and wipes are made with the most gentle and safe materials to help keep your baby comfortable. And that really is the number one priority. Keeping that baby comfortable. Guys, we all know I do not have babies in my house. But I gifted my Coterie products to a friend from school who just had a baby. And I said, here, take these diapers and tell me if they're magic. (laughs) When I followed back up with her, she said, well, actually, they were pretty magic. In fact, we have ordered a subscription to them now, which I think is a ringing endorsement. Right now, Coterie is partnering with One Bad Mother to offer you 20% off your first order plus free shipping when you go to Coterie.com and enter promo code BADMOTHER. That's Coterie, spelled C-O-T-E-R-I-E dot com, promo code BADMOTHER for 20% off and free shipping. Promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what I have that's genius. Guys, I'm tired. i tired. The genius was maybe I put no pressure on Ellis, who did not get a lot of sleep last night to go to their final day of summer acting camp where there was going to be a performance. And that's okay. I just said, that's fine. Because I was very tired. and I did not want to go either. But they were getting very stressed out about, but I have to go. And I said, no, you have a choice. Make your choice and we will support you. So now we've been home all day. And that's been really great, actually. So I'm going to chalk that up as a genius. Hi, Biz. I am calling with a genius. My kids are four and six, and one of their chores is that they have to put away the laundry that I sort and fold for them. And my four-year-old was being very resistant to putting her laundry away, but she's also very much in the I must match on everything stage. So I did a load of my own laundry, and I asked her if she wanted to match me by 
putting her laundry away at the same time I put my laundry away. And she was very excited by that, went right up to her room and put all her laundry away properly. Thanks for reading the show. You're doing a great job. So are you. That is a very good job. I like matching day. I like any time we can subtly manipulate our children into doing something with really simple, like, suggestion, like, you know, will you eat this? No. Well, what if I tell you it's a fairy muffin? Yes, I will eat it. Okay, great. It's fairy muffin. Do you want to put away the laundry? No, I don't. Well, what if you match me? Okay, I do. See, that's, that is creative parenting. And I am fully in support of that. You are doing a great job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Okay, our genius call reminded me of chores. You know, early on in the pandemic, and even before the pandemic, I was on board for chores. And, and during the pandemic, we had a little list that everybody had their own spreadsheet of what their chores were on certain days, and it wasn't over the top. It was like setting the damn table. It was, you know, little cleaning the bathroom, very small things. And I have just let it all go. Since everybody went back to school, I've just let it go. And that's fine if I've let it go. But simultaneously, I am getting very resentful of doing everything. And I think they need to be doing it again. I'm just like, God damn it. Why are you bringing your plate in from the couch? Thank you for doing that. But then you have just left it right next to the dishwasher. And that is beginning to make me crazy. And I don't want to set the table every night. I don't care. I, we could all just eat with our hands off the floor if it was up to me at this point. But that's not teaching, I don't know, responsibility. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But I have definitely let chores go. And that is only punishing myself. Hi, Biz. This is a fail. Uh, it's just dawning on me that, um, you know, there was a lot of screen time in my house when the <laughs> pandemic hit, mm. and it's just never been pulled back, and <laughs> I've gotten some snarky comments about it mm. from people around me, how much television my kids are watching, and guess what, guys? I also feel really shitty about it. Yep, <laughs> I really do. I sure do feel bad about it. But also, I have completely forgotten how to get anything done without a screen. <laughs> That's probably on me. But uh, I also seem to not really want to try. Huh. Yes. <laughs> I think I've, I think I've given up. Okay. Uh, you all are doing a great job, and um, I am going to continue to not do a good job. Sometimes doing a bad job is doing a good job. Let's just say that's true. I, <laughs> I think my favorite part of this is where you say, hey, I do feel shitty about it. I do feel bad. You, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I could make some comments that suggest you have not beaten yourself up enough about this. Because I know that you're in your own house. And this is something that you devised. And therefore, you are thinking about it all the time. But I'm sure I could say something to make it seem like you haven't given this any thought. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Who's not, who's not failing at this right now? This is like me failing with the chores. I don't know. Why do we have to? I'm tired. You're tired. 
I also don't know how to get anything done. I am the same way. You are doing a horrible job. Yay! You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh. I know the one with the huge car chase and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine wow who are you eclectic movie experts well I'm Ify Wadiway I'm Drea Clark and I'm Alonzo Duraldi and together we host the movie podcast Maximum Film new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org and you actually just walked into our recording booth Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yes, Those I'm are... sensing that. The oh. spirits are telling me. It is a show about Well, it's about poodles. like fringe science and yes, spirituality and correct. claims of the paranormal. And oh, you knew that. You do research online. You, But more importantly, like we do in-person you, investigations. In-person investigate yeah. as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. All right, everybody. It's time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a rant. So for a month, we've been planning for my husband to take our four-year-old to another city to visit his parents and my daughter would get to see her grandparents and I would get a weekend alone and then what happens yesterday the day before they were scheduled to leave there's a COVID outbreak at her school and even though she always wears a mask at school none of the other kids do nor do any of the teachers anymore so she has to quarantine and I don't get my weekend to myself. And my husband jokingly suggested, well, you could take a weekend to go fly to Denver and visit your friends there. And yeah, that's very funny, honey. Flying costs a lot of money and would expose me to more people who aren't wearing masks. And I don't have time to fly to another city and the whole reason I wanted a weekend to myself was to get to be by myself around the house to get some work done to get to sleep in because my four-year-old wakes me up at 6 a.m. every day she doesn't wake him up she wakes me up and I know that in the grand scheme of things this isn't a big deal I'm not even the one who got my schedule interrupted by her not being in school yesterday. I got to go into work, and my husband stayed home and watched her. 
but it still feels massively unfair. Thanks. Bye. First of all, you're doing a very good job. And it is entirely within your rights to see this as unfair. That is a very valid feeling experience because it is a actual feeling experience. We all know as parents that we have to pivot. We all know pivoting, change, fluidity, it's all part of it. And yet that doesn't mean any of us want to pivot when it's time to pivot. That is exhausting. And it it does play into that like inner toddler feel of, can't I just have anything nice? Can't I just make a plan? I made a plan. I made a plan. I'm supposed to emotionally help regulate my children when they know disappointment is coming. Who's regulating me? And it, it is important to have our own time. And when we are that tired and that disappointed, even when we know we have not married an asshole and our partners make suggestions, it can still feel like those suggestions are ones that you cannot take action on, right? It just leaves us stuck, like being stuck in the mud, okay? And You do deserve time in your own house. I know that's a weird thing. Sometimes people cannot get their head around it, but it is your space too. And most of the time, we are not walking through our own spaces as selves. We are walking through them as partner, as parent, as friend, as pet carer, as person picking up a thousand things, stepping up. It's very rare that we get uninterrupted time as a self in our own space. And that can be really restorative when we get it. So yes, it is disappointing that you did not get to have that time. And yes, it is frustrating and disappointing when we are all still dealing with masks and people not wearing them and classrooms and all of these different scenarios that we have less and less control over every day. So that is frustrating. The bottom line is, I see you. You are not alone. And you are doing a good job. All right, everybody. What did we learn? I'll tell you what we learned. That we need to have more celebrations that involve cake. I I actually loved talking with Kevin about all of these different ways that we celebrate. I had never heard of half of these things. And what's great about them, I have learned, is that it's really just about families finding ways to have fun, to bring a little levity into their lives when they need it. Because I tell you, like, I listened to the rant caller, and I... I would be so pissed about not getting my weekend at home by myself, but maybe we should celebrate that and have three cakes if we need to. I don't know. I <laughs> Whether you are celebrating the day that your child came home to live in your house, whether you are celebrating a victory over a medical 
issue, whether you are celebrating yes day or yes, do everything that mama tells you to do day, which is my kind of day. Either way, I hope it ends in cake because all of these things share in common cake parenting. So no matter what you're celebrating, I hope that you remember that you are doing an incredibly good job. You are not alone and that you do deserve some cake. I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.